to the Sports Run Wild podcast. My name is Jake Sherbaum, and I'm here with Hank Brzezowski. How's it going, Hank? What up, Jake? So, quick note. How about them gas prices? They've been rising recently, Hank. You know, gas prices are gas prices. Yeah, so, along the topics of um, gas prices, there's been some recent NFL news. Jay Gruden was recently fired after their dreadful performance versus the New England Patriots. Redskins have been pretty awful. What is your reaction to that, Hank? Honestly, I don't. The Redskins haven't had a lot of success recently in the past few years. Mm-hmm. They've been kind of just, uh, shall we say, boring team to watch. Jay Gruden has been given pretty adequate time to. I agree. Revive he's this not. Franchise. He's not turned around the team. Not sure he's been giving full power though, which might be necessary. Obviously not. I don't think most coaches in the NFL have full power over their team. Most don't, except for Bill Belichick is a John, notable exception. John Gruden. John Gruden does too. Yes. Those are a few of the coaches who have unrestrained control over team, you know, GM decisions. Yeah. Um. So also, that was a um whopper of a. Cleveland Browns game on Monday night. Oh, speaking of um, Monday, we're filming on we are recording on Tuesday right now because of unforeseen for circumstances such as Hank's illness on Monday. I was not ill on Monday. <laughs> then where were you? I was at a funeral. Such. Oh, I'm sorry, Hank. It's a thank you. Sorry, I thought I thought he was ill, but no. no. <laughs> such as Hank's. I'm fine. Um, his his um despondent circumstances. <laughs> but let's get on Mama. with it. Let's talk about talking about gloomy. The Cleveland Browns looked pretty sad against the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. They lost 31. <laughs> it was a sec. They lost 31 to 3 to the San Francisco 49ers who ran away with that game. Really, yeah. Baker Mayfield has <laughs> not looked like the son of God as he was built to be. More looking like such a um, Colt McCoy kind of quarterback. Stephen A. Smith uh, released a video of him. He does not think that Baker Mayfield is a scrub, but he's very much overrated compared to what we thought he was going to be this season. We thought coming after, you know, from last season, he was going to be a top 10, if not top 5 NFL quarterback. And he's bottom 3 in QBR so far this season. Yeah, also the Browns have not been able to use Odell Beckham Jr., who is one of the top talents in the NFL. You would hope that they would be able to get him more involved. The 49ers' pass rushing has also been one of the top in the league. Nick Bosa has been very good. He was all over the field Monday night versus the Browns. He had a sack celebration mimicking Baker Mayfield's flag plant uh, a couple years ago at Ohio State after the Oklahoma Sooners beat the Buckeyes. Baker Mayfield planted a... Oklahoma's Oklahoma flag on the Buckeyes field. Also, um, if we keep going down the list, the Tennessee Titans fired Cairo Santos after he missed four field goals in their previous game versus the Jaguars, which they you could say lost the, him the game. They signed the infamous Cody Parkey, uh, Mr. Double Doink from the Bears. He's been a free agent because of uh, how upset Bears fans were that he missed the game-winning field goal in the playoffs last year. Steelers running back Jalen Samuels, who's been quite important in their offense recently, running their um, wildcat 
option play. Will miss a month for surgery, knee surgery, I believe, which is a um, another blow to this depleted Steelers offense, which just has no rhyme or rhythm to them right now. Their defense actually played really well against the Baltimore Ravens, and I believe that their defense is a top ten defense in the league. But they're off; they just don't trust their offense. Like the Steelers got the Steelers are tied right now for the most turnovers and the most sacks in the league but this is how much they trust their offense they won the coin toss in overtime and they elected to defend because they thought that the Steelers defense would get a quick stop and give them better field position than if they didn't than if they just were on offense and they did do that the Steelers got the ball in like the 35-yard line, got good field position, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think is, has a bright future, a promising future with a lot of potential, is he? But he is not living up to the hype that Antonio Brown created, and it's going to be hard to live up to that hype when you have one of the when you have a veteran receiver in the NFL doing what he is at the best of his game. Like, Juju hasn't been playing bad. He's been playing pretty good, but he's not been making the plays that Antonio Brown would have made to win games. It's true. In other news, uh, Gardner Minshew, still the most interesting quarterback in the world. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. There's not much more to say about it. He's he's incredible. He's my idol, my role model. Now, if we'll talk a little bit about some um, of the recent games in this most recent week five correct week mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks won a barn burn of a game versus the Rams on um Thursday Russell Wilson shows you why he has to be the number one MVP candidate along with Christian McCaffrey's up there as well and Patrick Mahomes had a bad game this week but that can't take away from everything else he's done this season the New York Jets get Sam Darnold back next week which should give them a little more life. The Atlanta Falcons might have the worst defense in the NFL, giving up 53 points to the um, Houston Texans. Also this week, there was a bunch of huge fantasy football performances. Will Fuller went off for over 50 points, and a bundle of others went for over 40 points also. Carolina got the win over Jacksonville behind a great game from Christian McCaffrey. The Bengals suffer yet another blow to the not good Arizona Cardinals team. 0-5. So the Bengals are in the mix right now, along with the Jets and the Dolphins for the worst team in the league. And the Redskins. Don't forget about right. the Redskins. Right, I'm sorry. And the Redskins for the worst team in the league. Um, the Saints look like they could be one of the most dangerous teams in the NFC right now. They don't have Drew Brees, but that just shows you how much better they could get because Teddy Bridgewater has actually been playing pretty well. Their defensive line is awesome, and the only thing that's a little bit concerning is their wide receiver depth behind Michael Thomas. Daniel Jones didn't play all that well. Kirk Cousins actually got some balls to his wide receivers, Adam Thielen had a good game after he was criticizing Kirk Cousins for his ability to throw the ball a little bit. Um, As I mentioned, I thought the Steelers played a really good game. They just can't finish drives on offense. Um, The Buffalo Bills have a really great defense, maybe the best in the league. And when they played the Patriots, 
they actually only let up 10 points on defense. The Patriots are a little bit concerning on offense, even though they scored 33 against an awful Washington Redskins team, but they were able to figure it out in the second half. The Denver Broncos are a team that you might assume to be more 2-3 and three than 1-4 and four for the reasons that while their defense has very little sacks this season, their offense has actually been one of the most efficient offenses, even with Joe Flacco running it. Also, the Green Bay Packers won versus the um, Dallas Cowboys, who were billed to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And then rounding it out, the Indianapolis Colts were able to hold down the magical Patrick Mahomes, who was given no time to work in the pocket behind that really bad offensive line. Now we'll get into some MLB news. As you guys know, it's MLB postseason, which is my favorite time to watch of the MLB year. It's just about the only time I watch of the MLB year. But MLB postseason is fun to watch because it actually matters. Hank, you want to give us some I'd MLB love news? To. I know you're not the biggest uh, MLB guy, Jake, so I'll take over here. Right now it's the uh, divisional series of the postseason, the LDS and the NLDS. As far as the ALDS goes, the Yankees just swept the Twins in three games. Um, they were pretty dominant. The Twins didn't look like they had a chance, despite being one of the most uh, heavy-hitting, power-driven teams in the MLB. Second only to the Yankees. Uh, the Astros are currently playing the Rays. They're up 2-1 in that series. It's uh, game four tonight. If needed, the game five will be later this week. Right now, Verlander is pitching against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. They scored three runs in the first inning. On short, on short rest, remind you. So that's a risky call to play Verlander there. <laughs> that's true, Jake. Um, the Cardinals... And the Nationals both forced Game 5 against the Braves and the Dodgers, respectively. Game 5 for both of those teams will be tomorrow. Cardinals-Braves is 5.02 p.m. The Cardinals have Jack Flaherty pitching. He was 11-8 this year with a 2.75 ERA and a .97 whip. The Braves are pitching Mike Fultonowicz. He was 8-6 with a 4.54 ERA and a 1.25 whip. Dodgers, Nats play at 8.37. Uh, by the way, the Braves game is in Atlanta. The Dodgers game is in L.A. because it's game five of the series. Comes goes back to the higher-seeded team for home field advantage. Dodgers are pitching Walker Bueller. He's 14-4 with a 3.26 ERA and a 104 whip. Nationals are pitching Steven Strasburg. He's 18-6 with a 3.32 ERA and a 104 whip. Very comparable numbers for those two pitchers. Bueller has been dominant this season as a second-year player. He was great last year in the postseason. Dodgers lost in the World Series. This year, he's been even stronger. He started Game 1 for the Dodgers, which is a questionable move with uh, Huge and Ryu and Clayton Kershaw in that Dodgers starting rotation, who've been two really dominant pitchers. But Bueller's really come on in his second year in the MLB as a really great young starting pitcher. He's going to be good for a long time. That's pretty much it for the MLB postseason. Now, if we want to get on to some rapid fire. I like I like the intro. I like the new... I like that, Jake. Thank you. It sounded very anticlimactic. It's very exciting. I'm sure everyone's really excited for this week's episode of Rapid Fire. We're going to, you know, we're going to have some fun. Got some good questions lined up for old Jakey this week, Jay Sweezy. And uh, you want to get into it? Yep. First question. You mentioned this earlier. And I want to hear your rationale behind it, but what are the three worst teams in the NFL and why? 30 seconds, go. I believe the three worst teams in the NFL, the worst team is the Dolphins because they are obviously tanking and they have been blown out every week. 
The second worst team right now is the Redskins because they have absolutely no defensive ability whatsoever and their quarterbacks cannot hang with anybody. The third team, the third worst team is the Jets because especially without Sam Darnold, Luke Falk is not an NFL quarterback. I appreciate you not bringing the Bengals into that. Yeah, they're about the fourth worst, so. Well, I appreciate they're not top 3, and that is that's very good. I'm happy about that. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jake. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, question number 2, another NFL question. You could question. look you could look at it as bad if cuz you you can this kind of a lost season, so you kind of just want them to do bad so they can get a higher pick. That's true, but it also is uh it's more difficult to watch them lose every game. Yeah. You can just take a year hiatus, come back next year. I can't. I'm too I'm too invested at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Invested just, in watching them get their faces smashed every Sunday. Yeah, it just it's a heartbreaker every week. It mm-hmm. just it's so difficult. But let's keep going. Question two. Another NFL question. This was uh, you know, hotly contested earlier this year and there's I'm sure there's still conversations about it going on in, in the uh commissioner's room and stuff, but um do we eliminate preseason games? 30 seconds go. I think that we should eliminate preseason games. I feel like they're not very important. A lot of teams, especially Bill Belichick, have not been playing their starters at all during the preseason. So it gives the one good thing is it gives a lot of up and coming players time to shine and show their owners that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise been able to make the team, but then they make the roster. But I feel like there's no reason to risk more injuries because of these. All right, that was a good response. Question three, last one. This one's a little bit closer to home. I know you're a big UD basketball fan, University of Dayton Flyers. Yeah. So, uh... Shout out to my dad. Yeah. How do you think they're going to do this year, Jake? Let's hear your Flyers talk. 30 seconds go. So, actually, the Flyers have some good um, transfers and freshmen coming in. I think that they should be pretty good this year. They've got a lot of talent. They've got some transfers such as Ibby Watson. They've also got um, Obi Toppin coming back. He tested out the draft waters last year, decided to come back. That should be good for us. We got our point guard, Jalen Crutcher. I think that... Hopefully, we should make a run for the um, maybe the top 25 once or twice this year. Wow. It's a bold prediction. Oh, wait. It's not. Is our timer done? Is it going to go off? Our timer. It went off. Okay. Went off silently. Yeah, it was. Why didn't it, why didn't it ring? I like hearing the noise. On to um, the okay. Fantastic Four. Our Fantastic Four for this week. Last week, we did. Elements. I realize some of you guys out there, we got some um, criticism of that. We want to keep it more sports related, so we're going to try to do that. We're going to... If you guys have any suggestions for any of these segments or anything like that, uh, you know, DM us on the Instagram page. Drop a comment down in the... uh, I don't know if you can comment, but I'm sure you can. Write a review. Yeah. You know, let us know. Let us know your ideas. We love to hear your feedback. Make this better. This is for you guys. It's not just for us. You know, we're so, entertainers. Uh, know. We're entertainers. Yeah, we're here for you guys. It's gonna be. Uh, we're trying to have a good time. We hope you're having a good time. But uh, this week, our Fantastic Four is gonna be uh, coaches, all time, any sport, any team. Do you want to start it, or do you want me to? Where do you want to start? I'll four? start it off. So we'll start number off. Four. We'll start off at number four. So my number four coach all time 
is actually the University of Tennessee Volunteers women's basketball coach Pat Summit. She coached the Tennessee Lady Vols between about 1970 to 2010. I think she died recently, so rip to Pat Summit. But she had a winning percentage of 17 out of 20 game or 20 games won when she was a coach, and she had eight national championships. So shout out to Pat Summit. My number four is uh, Sparky Anderson, uh, Cincinnati Reds manager during the Big Red Machine in the 1970s, and they won the World Series. That was, you know, one of the biggest sports dynasties, baseball dynasties in the history of baseball. One of the most dominant teams, like, you know, for those, for that era. There, it was, you know, Sparky Anderson was the captain of that team. He was the manager. He was the coach. He was, you know, he was the guy. Yeah, um, I have a lot of uh, great memories of Sparky Anderson also. Not in my lifetime, but I've gone to the... Reds Hall of Fame, which is a great place if you want to learn about the Big Red Machine, Sparky Anderson. So, shout out there. Now let's move on to my number three, which is Bill Belichick. I think a lot of people don't appreciate the greatness of Bill Belichick. He could be number one on my list. I feel it helps sometimes when you have someone way like back in history who you never watched, but you can just kind of, you can just feel his greatness but it also goes the other way if you see what they actually did that helps you appreciate them more but I have Bill Belichick at number um three on my list just because he's won six Super Bowls now I feel like he has rosters on the Patriots that aren't even necessarily good rosters sometimes but he's just um he just always brings them together has great game plans so much so I think Bill Belichick just continues to dissect opponents with these. Yeah, that rationale is why I have Bill Belichick at number two on my list. But uh, my number three is Newt Rockney, Notre Dame coach in the uh, beginning of the 20th century. He really established the forward pass and then the, the forward pass in football and just the dynasty of Notre Dame. The house that Rockney built is Notre Dame's, you know, that's the nickname for their stadium. Um, he's just one of the greatest football coaches of all time because of his dominance and winning percentage. So my um, second of all time is Vince Lombardi. Quick quote, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. That shows the um, values that Vince Lombardi embodied. He won the first two Super Bowls of all time and won three championships before the Super Bowl was a thing. He also just has the Super Bowl trophy named after him. So he just shows the great um, determination that he has. Yeah. My number one is uh, Coach K, Coach Krzyzewski of Duke Basketball. Because of his longtime dynasty, his the every year those number one, those like the top teams in the nation completely cycle out basketball players, one and done. He's able to find top talent talent from across the country, develop players that fit his scheme, and he's just one of he's, in my opinion, the greatest coach of any sport of all time. Yeah, so my number I think that's a um, great one also, but to take another basketball coach before our time, John Wooden, 
um, UCLA basketball coach, coached some of the greats such as Lou Alcindor and other people like that. Now, now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, also coached Bill Russell. They went on to play great in the NBA, but he won 10 championships in a 12-year period. And the Wizard of Westwood just has great respect all over the nation. So that's my number one coach of all time. So thanks for listening, guys. I hope you had a great Tuesday, or more likely you're listening to this on Wednesday. But I just hope you have a great rest of the week. And always remember, you don't need a parachute to skydive once. You've seen a parachute to skydive twice. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye.